0: My, 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 come on, give him a, a great praise, 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 a great, a thunderous applause. Come on, a great praise Ooh, for a great God. Hallelujah. My, 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 you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, good morning, Hopewell, good morning, good morning to you. What a blessing it is to be alive and to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Can we put our hands together again just for being alive and being well? Oh, what a kind God. And to all of those that are watching Hopewell Anywhere right now, our Facebook Live audience, we thank God for you as well. If you have not already, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag somebody else in this Hopewell experience so they can be blessed as well. Those in person, help me praise God for Hopewell Anywhere. Those that are joining in online we thank God for you listen we're moving right along just a few things we want to bring before you if we have any first time guests that are worshiping with us this morning any first time guests just wave at me any first time guests amen praise God praise God praise God God. keep waving at me our ushers are coming to give you a connections card this is our point of contact just to be able to communicate with you we are so ecstatic that you come to worship with us today out of all the places that you could have been at today we're so glad that God ordered you steps for you to be here with us at the world. Come on, help me praise God again for our first time guests. amen. When you get the chance, just fill that card out in its entirety and then place it in the offering basket during our offertory time and someone from our Connections team will reach out to you and just again to thank you for coming to worship with us. Amen. Just a few more things Hopewell, then we're going to move right along. We have a special guest that I want to bring before you this morning. Um, This afternoon, a son of Hopewell, a son and daughter of the well, Pastor Chase and Lady Dominique Miller, will celebrate four years of pastoral ministry. Amen. So, so proud of them so happy for them Um, they've been down to the Harvest Community Church Harvest Christian Community Church for the past four years serving faithfully and so they're going to honor them today celebrating four years of ministry at three o'clock this afternoon Um, if you can let's go and let them know that team Hopewell loves them even though uh, they've been gone for quite some time now it's team Hopewell for life amen so we thank God for them and so so godly proud of them I shared with you last week that we want to be able to expand Man, our media ministry. In order to be able to do that, we need your help. We need some more camera operators um, that can be able to work the camera during our Sunday morning worship experience. A social media facilitator that can be able to engage intentionally with our online audience. It's almost like pastoring two churches: those in person, and those online. And we want to give them the same hope, well, experience that we're giving those um, that are online. COVID, I know, a disruption that it has been um, to all of us, almost three years now. Presented such a great opportunity opportunity for us as a ministry for our reach to be extended weekly. and We are all the way in California. I ain't never been to Cali, but Hopewell has been to California. Every week, we are all the way down in Belleville, Illinois, St. Louis area, Chicago, faithful people that tune in every week. So, we want to make sure um, that we give them the best experience possible, a sound engineer to help us to perfect our sound, screen operators to to transition the screens from our lyrics to our music and then my PowerPoints when I'm and then our stream operator. any of those areas, like, man, I wish I could do that. I don't know how. Ah, we can train you um, to get you ready. If you have experience, great. If you don't have experience, it's still great. We have need of you. We've been in this series talking about we got work to do, and part of that work to be done is for us to be able to continue to extend our reach when it comes to social media. So we need your help. You can see Minister Ford after service. Minister Ford, wave your hand. Him and EJ up there in the booth was so much more for others to join in on the team Um, so see him after service if you are interested in that this coming Wednesday everybody say this Wednesday Wednesday Will be our night of exhortation, where we are coming together intentionally, strategically praying and and, and crying out to God um, in the uh, in the areas. Uh, some of our prayer objectives will be favor um, and for resources, along with some others that we're going to be praying um, to the Lord, to the God of heaven, as Nehemiah said in the Bible. Uh, so that's going to be our night of exhortation, where we are praying, where we are crying out to God. So I want to invite you, if you can make it to the building, make your way to the building here at six p.m. Um, if you can cannot if you're watching online you can be a part of the experience we won't we will not be streaming publicly but we will stream through our team hope will page. so make sure you make a request um so that you can be added in there to be a part of that so again if you can make it out to the building the next two wednesdays oh man it's going to going to be a powerful night Um, as we're reaching out to the Savior and as we cry out to the Savior he is going to respond. We have a prayer answering God. Amen. So our labor will not be in vain Uh, but as we're crying out to him he's going to respond. I've been sharing this the past two weeks. I'm going to keep on saying it. I love what God is doing here at Hopewell. I love how God is strategically and authentically and organically um, allowing us the privilege to be able to make an impact within our school system not just through our back to school giveaway but also mentorship about right before covid hit man we mother anderson had a mentorship program going on and half of half of the mentors were members of the well more than half of the mentors were members of the well and i'm excited that's something that's something to praise god for Amen. I want to make sure I'm in the right church this morning. Amen. Amen. And so I love what God is doing and how he is, how he's connecting us in just some God ordained relationships and um, helping us to be able to bridge that gap between the church and the schools. And I love it. I love it how God is doing it. We're not pushing our way in. We're not forcing our way in, but God is strategically and intentionally putting everything together and we give god the praise the glory and the honor yes we do we give him the praise and glory and the honor for that and i am so excited today that we have the superintendent of the Carbondale elementary school District 95 with us this morning mrs janice pravalona she's going to come and greet us this morning come on hope well
1: Good morning, Hopewell. Good morning. Wow, what a blessing to be invited to speak with you briefly this morning. Such a pleasure. Anytime Hopewell calls, we come, right? And anytime we call, you come, right? Right. That's how it's supposed to go. First off, um, as Pastor Swim said, I'm the superintendent. We serve pre-kindergarten through eighth grade. And um, we partner with you uh, to serve the children and families of Carbondale. We in the district are focused on a few super important things as we do our work. All of our actions center around four basic things. So what I want to do this morning is talk a little bit with you about what those are and how our ultimate partnership with Hopewell can be extended and strengthened through our work. First, we're focused on engaging students. We want to make sure that the students in our district see themselves in the curriculum, in the books they read. We want to make sure when they connect with each other across the table and across the room and with their adults that they see themselves in in those folks too, right? All right. It's important. We know that kids being engaged inside that classroom equals learning and equals connection, which is what children need. It's what we all need, right? We're focused on innovation. One of the hardest things to do is teach kids right now for what's needed 18 years from now or 10 years from now. What we know children need is to be able to talk, connect, and solve problems together. That's what we're focused on, making sure children know how to talk to each other, how to connect, how to get through conflict Sometimes people think that school's all about just the learning and the books and the content, the things. In District 95, it's about way more than that. It's about growing children, just like you do here at Hopewell. Amen. The next one's the most important, the most exciting one, which is love. Yeah. Yeah. It might seem a little weird to say, wow, a school is focused on love. They talk about love. Well, it's not. I know that's what you're focused on here too, right? That's us too. Loving children in their best days, but then also in their worst days, in their worst moment of their best day. It's about giving grace and making sure that our children know that the next day is a new day. You get it. Last is grow. You know, sometimes our children come in with all the skills they need for that moment and that time. Our focus is to push them on and help them grow even further. Sometimes our kids come in with not what they need for that moment in time. It's still about growth. Let's accept you where you are and give you what you need to get to that next step. And if you need a whole lot, Then we got to give you a whole lot, right? Those four principles, engage, innovate, love, and grow is the foundation for the work that we do. When we think about what you do here at Hopewell, you can see the alignment. The backpack giveaway, as Pastor Swims mentioned, is just the beginning. It's a huge help to our students. Like many of our students, I grew up with not a lot. Between school and church, that's who grew me. I get it. Our kids need you. They need us. And they need us talking and working and thinking together to be able to serve them now and tomorrow, and years from now. As Pastor Swims asked me to join you today, he said, don't forget to mention what can Hopewell do to help. And I'll say, you're doing it. But keep thinking about those four things. How can we push those? How can we think ahead? Because we have to be thinking ahead to serve our children now. So let's expand the work that we do When you think about or you hear something about the schools or you hear about an event, just show up. It's okay if you don't have kids. The kids that come to Hopewell need to see you there. They need to see us collecting and talking and realizing that we're together in this. And that if they need you, they have you. If they need us, they have us. Or if they need us both, we have them too. I'll close in saying, I hope this isn't my last time here. Uh, This definitely, (laughs) it's super exciting to be invited, but also to feel the energy and love here at Hopewell. And um, it's definitely my partnership here and the love that I've received from all of you has really made my time as superintendent effective, better supported and loved just like this work. So thank you
0: come right back superintendent we're going to pray for you superintendent 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 come right back I'm going to pray for you superintendent we're going to come on back up here man we're going to pray for you we're not going to let this moment pass us by listen for the past months for the past five six seven months probably a little bit longer than that I've assigned our prayer team um, to pray for you and to pray for our school district. In fact, Elder James got excited because now she's able to put a, a, a face with the name um, to actually see you in person. They have been praying for you weekly, They've been praying for your mind, um, The God will keep your mind. Uh, preparing for your heart, that God will keep your heart. Because in leadership, leaders get hurt. Uh, people can talk about how they get hurt. Leaders get hurt, and then we're still expected um, to look you in the thousand, and look you in the face and smile after after you send me a nasty, nice, nasty email and I talked about me all around town. But I still got to look at you and smile and all of those good things. And it takes the heart of God to be able to look people in the face that have been mean and nasty to you. So we pray that God will keep your heart genuine, that God will allow you to work through those things and that you won't wear your you know, your feelings on your sleeves and all those different things. You know what it's like. And so we pray for you. So we're going to pray for you collectively now. We're going to pray for you collectively now. So just point your hands in this direction as we pray for our superintendent. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we lift up Superintendent Paralonis to you right now. God, we thank you, um, Lord God, that you have sent her here for such a time as this, God. We affirm her. We confirm her, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, that she is the one to do the job, God. I pray right now, Lord God, your word tells us that the weapons will be formed but they won't prosper, God. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus, a hedge of protection around her mind, a hedge of protection around her heart, Lord God, a hedge of protection around her life, Father God, Though the arrows may come, oh God, but let them bounce right off and slide off, God, in the name of Jesus, God. We pray for her mind, Lord God, the different decisions that have to be made, Lord God, the doubt sometimes, Lord God, that may come, the fear, the anxiety, God. We pray now in the name of Jesus that you will keep her mind. You told us in your word that you will keep our minds in perfect peace as long as we keep our minds on you, God. So I pray, oh God, that as she seeks to lead our district, oh God, that she will keep her mind on you, God. And that she will follow after you and your leading, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Cover her heart, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. That those things that may be said, things that may be done, God. Let them roll off, oh God. Provide her outlets, oh God. Provide her, Lord God, a source of, Lord God. Uh, of support around, God. That she can be able to vent to safely, Lord God. And know that it won't get back out, God. Give her people, Lord God. Save people, Father god in the name of jesus oh god that she can be able to lean into oh god in the name of jesus i pray that you will heighten her discernment heighten her vision oh god to see and not see to hear and not hear lord god and to take the district lord god to different heights and different depths oh god that has never been to before lord god every resource that the district needs oh god
2: we pray that you will provide it lord god the people lord god the team oh god the salaries oh god the buildings oh god that you will send it in the name of jesus god you can do this thing supernaturally lord god you can work through
0: people father however you do it we will give you the praise we will give you the glory and we give you the honor we plead the blood of jesus oh god over every school building lord god
2: over every principal oh god over every assistant over Thomas, over Lewis, over the middle school, Lord God. We bind the hand of the enemy, Lord God. We know what we've seen about school shootings all over the world, God. But we plead the blood of Jesus, oh God. Over every school in District 95, oh God. The no hurt, harm, or danger will come near our kids, oh God. In the powerful, strong name of Jesus, oh God. We thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. We thank you for what you have done. And we thank you for what the future holds, oh God. We thank you, partnership oh God we thank you for churches adopting schools oh God and aiding the principals oh God and the teachers oh God we thank you the division will come to pass in the
0: powerful strong name of Jesus give her what she needs oh God give her what she needs oh God to lead your people give her what she needs to lead the district give her what she needs to lead the staff give her what she needs God and we bind up every, every, every tongue that comes against the Lord God. We bind it and we pray that you send it back to the gates of hell and in the strong name of Jesus we pray and the people of God said amen, amen, amen and the praise goes right there. Come on and the praise goes right there. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Thank you Jesus. Get your Bible, saints. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 2. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Nehemiah 2. Oh, I feel like preaching now. My goodness. Nehemiah chapter 2. Let's start at verse 10 through 20. And if you could stand, stand with me out the reverence of God's word. Nehemiah chapter 2 starting at verse 10 all the way to verse 20, to all of our elders and ministers, to our deacons, our mothers, amen, to our own, to my own wife, our first lady, first lady Brittany, amen. to all of you guys, people, what a privilege it is to stand today. Nehemiah 2 from the New Living Translation, the Bible reads as this, but when Sambathah the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite, Official heard of my arrival. They were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. <laughs> so I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no we, we, we took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. Verse 13, after dark, I went out through the valley of the gate, past the Jekyll's well, over to the donk gate to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool but my donkey could not get through the rubble. So though it was very dark, I went up the Kendrick Valley instead uh, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not not know I had been out there or what I was doing for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders the priests, the nobles, the officials or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied to me, yes, let's, build, let's rebuild the wall. So they began to, So they began the good work. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king, they asked. I replied back, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share, no legal right, or no historical claim in Jerusalem. Father, thank you for the power of your word, the strength of your word. Thank you for this atmosphere, Father. I pray, oh God, that it would be conducive for us to be able to glean from your word and go out saying, what must I do with what I've heard? We ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. We pray and all of God's people said, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you haven't spoke to your neighbor since you got here, look over that neighbor say, good morning to them. Give them a fist bump, a hug, or something. Let them know that they are blessed to sit by you today. Amen. They got the best seat in the house and sitting next to you. As we go into part three of our series, we got work to do. I want to preach from the subject this morning, the topic this morning, rise up and build. Rise up and build. Nehemiah is such a great story because there's so many things that you can be able to take away from it leadership you can be able to take um, how to handle difficult people you can take uh, 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 the the main thing with leadership how to be able to lead through a crisis how to be able to hear God how to have a prayer life so many lessons um, that you can be able to get out of the book of Nehemiah corporately as an entire body as a church but then also individually we can be able to put ourselves in the life of this story so uniquely and begin to see ourselves not just in what we're doing here as a church but you can be able to see yourselves in your own individual lives what is it that God has assigned for you to do what is it that you're trying to build what is it that you're trying to rebuild from the ashes what is it that you are striving to do and that you're trying to figure out okay God am I the one that you want to be able to use to get this job done God where are the resources going to come from God how are you going to give me what I need to be able to get the job done God how, how will you empower me to be able to get the job done. God, this is overwhelming. God, this is a whole lot that you're asking me to do. Nehemiah allows us to be able to see. I like when my good friend, Pastor David Barrett, posted on social media a few days ago, that God may not always give us clarity, but he will give us himself. I like that because so many times we're always looking for God. God, if you dot this I, I know it's from you, God. If you let the lamp come on, God, I know that it's you. And sometimes God won't always give us a sign in that way, but what he would do is that he would give us himself. And when he gives us himself, what a powerful thing to be able to have, then you and I have the assurance and we have the confidence to walk through any value we have the confidence to do whatever it is that God has us to do why? because I realize I have him with me and not only do I have him with me but I have him living and working on the inside of me I like it because Nehemiah gains the favor from the king to start handling his assignment I like right there at verse 10 to let us know that right as he's getting ready to get started on doing what God has called him to do. I don't like using this term, but it fits right here in this context. Now there are some haters that come along the way. That's trying to object the work that Nehemiah is striving to do. Even though he has not yet started rebuilding yet. He hasn't picked up a brick, brick yet, Minister Lynn. But there are some haters that come along the way. Let me, let me stop right there Now not use haters. There's some opposition that comes along the way. That he's having to navigate and work through in order to be able to get the job done. I want you to understand this. And this is a good note to be able to write down. Open doors don't eliminate opposition. God has given Nehemiah favor. How so pastor? You got to go back and read this all over again because it's so interesting that Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king one of the trusted officials to the king he did not realize God had orchestrated his life and orchestrated his steps for him to be the cupbearer to be the cupbearer of the king. Nehemiah had no idea that his position was going to give him favor. Nehemiah had no idea that his position was going to give him access not just access to the king but to the king's resources y'all know the story we dealt with the last week that nehemiah goes to the king the king says what can i do for you and nehemiah has a list of things that he needs from the king Mm -hmm. what does the king do okay you got it he said and on top of that i need some timber to rebuild he said, you got that. And on top of that, I need you to sign some papers so I can be able to have direct access and go through and not have any issues. He said, okay, you got that. And then he said, and on top of that, I also need some top flight security. <laughs> <laughs> Nehemiah's position gives him access, gives him influence to do what God has called him to do. God uses an ungodly king to grant favor a godly servant. Uh, I said this last week but it's worth saying again you better be careful how you treat people you better be careful how you talk to people you better be careful how you side eye folks because you never know who God may use to bless you you never know who has the answer to the problems that you have in your life you never know whom God has put on your heart and whom God has placed on your heart to someone else to be a blessing to you so be careful to be mindful of how
2: you treat people because you never know how god may use them to bless your life god can take anybody and he can take anything and turn that thing around and bless your life and have you looking cross-eyed and saying oh my gosh how did that happen it is god because nehemiah prayed that he will soften the heart of god here's our thing saints of god evangelism 101 we're trying to change people to get them to know church when we miss a grand moment to pray that god will change their heart and and they not just know church but they know jesus because you can get folks in no church all day long and end up in hell but our prayer is that god will touch their hearts that they will be open to the life-changing gospel of jesus christ and
0: For in my whole life and how I look at leadership it's called temper resilience by Todd Bolstinger he talks about he talks about how God
2: uses stress to grow you into a leader he talks about how God will use the hammer as stress that he will use he will use stress as the anvil of our life to hammer out the leadership
0: qualities and abilities that's on the inside <laughs> Nehemiah walks into this great opportunity. Elder Williams. He has the favor of God on his life. He has the favor of King Artaxerxes on his life. And just as he's getting ready to build, Sam Ballad and Tobiah makes their way on the scene. Does it seem like just when you get a handle on stuff, just? When you've caught your breath and you're ready to move on and see what the end is going to be, the enemy shows up uniquely in its own way to start some trouble. And what happens is, saints of God, we're so excited, we're so enthusiastic, we just all, we just happy, I mean, we just happy in Jesus and just glad all about it. And as soon as there's a threat of opposition, we'll shrink back. We'll shrink back. We'll shrink back. We'll shrink back. Oh, but no. Uh, 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 uh. The enemy doesn't show with his head. Now, nah, No, nah, I'm not going to say nothing because if I say something, then so and so is going to say this. No, nah, we're not going to make that change because if we do that, then it's going to disrupt that. It's going to disrupt this. Here it is. So got, here's another lesson that we got to learn right here. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Just. Because it's hard does not mean it's not God. Oh, and then there was a holy hush in the sanctuary. Nehemiah got everything he needs to go and rebuild the walls. Has the favor from the king. Has the favor with God. He's moving forward. Sam ballot and Tobiah shows up. Uh Nehemiah has two things to do. He can go forth in the vision that God has given him. Or he can shrink back and allow the enemy to win. Saints of God, you have two options. You have two options. You have two, two options. You can go forward in what God has told you to do. Or you can shrink back and let the enemy win. You can, you can choose to parent your child and allow them to temporarily hate you right now. Or you can shrink back and allow the, allow the enemy to ruin havoc in your kid's life. You can move forward and say, no, ask for me and my house and my marriage. This is what we're going to stand for. Or you can shrink back and just allow the enemy to come on in. We can say, all right, pastor, we're behind you. We're going to do what God has called us to do to bring help to our city, restoration to our community, hope to our world, or we can shrink back and just be an ordinary church. (laughs) We have two options, saints. We can either move forward with God or move back and let the enemy have his way. I love it. Because in the midst, thank you, Holy Ghost, in the midst of Sanballat and Tobiah coming on the scene, look at verse 11. What does Nehemiah do? He keeps on moving. The Bible says they've shown up on the scene, they start talking crazy, but Nehemiah keeps on moving. That's the worry for somebody today. Sometimes you just gotta keep on walking. Sometimes you gotta keep on moving. Sometimes you have to make up in your mind and be so focused on the things of God and the plans of God and the vision of God. And you say, well, I know I'm catching hell over here,
2: hell over there, I can't go back. All I can do is be able to move forward. Sometimes you have to make up in your mind and say, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to keep moving forward. I may bump my head. I might cry. I might crawl. But I'm going to continue to go forward.
0: Nehemiah continues to go to Jerusalem. Uh, Nehemiah has been living in the comfort of the palace. But he makes his way to Jerusalem. Theologians say that he is almost, he's between 816 miles to a thousand miles away from Jerusalem. To be able to get there one way takes a month. Nehemiah makes up in his mind that I'm not going to allow my comfort to paralyze me from fulfilling. The mandate that God has on my life. Not only does Nehemiah say I'm not going to allow comfort to do it. Here it is. I'm about to curse. I'm not going to allow convenience to paralyze me from fulfilling the mandate that God has on my life. 816 miles one way a month to be able to get there. Saints, he can't call Uber. They can't pick the man of God up in a limo to get there. He's having to commute on a donkey. There's no call, there's no finish line to run the donkey through. A month. Don't know. The season of the weather, but let's just say it's summertime. A month on a donkey traveling 816 miles one way. Maybe a thousand because you got to stop. Taking a month to get there. But he keeps going because the burden on his life. It's too hard. I like it. Minister Ford bought this up in Bible study. You got to tune in every Wednesday night because you might miss something. He bought this up in Bible study. That when Nehemiah, when he was there in front of the king and the king saw his face and his face was down, the king said, why are you so sad? Nehemiah was depressed. The burden was so heavy that it started to affect his emotions. The burden was so heavy that it started, it started, to, it, 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 it started to affect the countenance of his disposition. 800 to 1,000 miles, one way for a month. Got to ask you a question, saints. Are you willing to keep going towards the mandate of God to despite it being inconvenient? Oh, well, can we, can, we, can we continue on in what God has called for us to do if a meeting is called and is in person and not hybrid? Ooh.
2: Ooh. Can we continue towards the mandate that God has placed on the house? When it disrupts our in,
0: when it disrupts our convenience, and has to cause us to do something outside of what we're comfortable with doing, because you can't you can't one thing I learned you can't mess with the saints in their convenience, huh? You can't mess with the saints in their convenience because you're gonna disrupt some trouble. Well, Reverend, why we got to change it up? I I love it when the saints really, when when they really kind of, you know, annoy with me. They don't call me pastor. They call me Reverend. Well, Reverend. (laughs) That's how I know I hit a soft spot. Reverend. And as Mother, the late Mother Juanita Thomas used to say, Reverend. You and I have to get to a place and grow to a place of maturity that we
2: realize, oh, God, help me, that ministry is not about our convenience and that it's not about us, but it's about the ones that are lost that we're striving to go after. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. So that means we have to make ministry in such a way that it will draw others and not just
0: meet your comfort levels. Oh, let me keep going on the major man. Somebody calling me reverend in the head right now. He he. Just because it's hard does not mean that it's not God. So that's why you and I have to have spiritual discernment, and we have to have the resilience of God down on the inside of us. That when it gets hard, that we don't start doubting, trying to figure. Okay, God, is this you? Yes, it's still God. And you and I need the eyes to be able to see God even in the midst of the hardness. Oh, God, I just preached right there. You and I have to be able to see God even in the midst of it
2: being tough. You and I have to be able to see God even in the midst of it being hard. Come on, married couples, that even when things grow in our marriage and it gets hard, we still have to be able to see God and say, that's the one that I'm supposed to be with. Oh,
0: uh, Mary, folks, don't want to say nothing to me this morning. Just look at me and week one time, amen. Week one time.
2: Don't week twice. They might see you. You have to be able to see God even when it gets hard and still know and remember, like Nehemiah said, the gracious hand of God is on
0: my Life, let me get going. It's almost eleven o'clock, and you got brunch appointment. Here it is. In order for us to effectively begin to build and to rise and build, here it is. Thanks to God, we have to diagnose the problem before we start building. I like it. I like it. Nehemiah, right there, verse eleven, verses twelve through seventeen. I like it right there because in verse eleven, the Bible says, "Look at, look at the first part of verse 11 It says, "So I ride in Jerusalem." Three days later, Je- Nehemiah gets to Jerusalem, and before he works. He rests. Oh, God. He took a time to be able to pause and reflect and be able to catch his breath. Catch his breath because the work ahead would need all of Nehemiah, mind, body, and soul. It would need all of his energy in order to be able to get it done. Starts working. Three days later, he goes. No one with him, only a few. And he begins to inspect what was going on in Jerusalem I love this he sees everything that's going on but when you look at the first part of chapter 2 he's already made his request to the king of what he needed in those four months of prayer and seeking God God downloaded to him everything that he needed so when he shows up on the scene he's assessing the scene never been there before He just heard that the walls were down. He just heard that people were lying in the ruins. He had never seen it with his natural eye. But God had gave him vision for what was ahead. So he knew what to ask for. He gets there and he starts inspecting what is going on. Before he tries to build anything, he started inspecting it. I love it, saints of God. Because if you and I are going to build anything, we must not rush into building before we step back to realize how did we get to where we are right now? Because if you never take the time to diagnose how you got there, you're doomed to repeat it. Oh, I can rush. I'm going to mess with you this morning. I uh, Listen, I preached so good last week. I preached myself right to Texas Roadhouse and got the very thing I preached about woman of God. Oh, yes, I did. if you're trying to lose weight and you never come to grips about those things that capture your appetite and you just rush right into losing weight and never recognizing your triggers, you will find yourself walking and snacking at the same time.
2: trying to figure out, wait a minute, this scale is a lot from the pit of hell. Yeah. Yeah. I've been walking seven days a week, 45 minutes, and I don't gain 10 pounds, but you've been snacking on while you're walking.
0: Look, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have something just in case my sugar get low. You're snacking while
2: you're walking. If you don't take the time to diagnose the problem to find out how you got there, you will repeat it.
0: Nehemiah takes the time, he starts looking through he starts walking through, he starts walking around trying to figure out what is going on, he has to get on the scene to really know what's happening here it is, saints of God, we can talk about what the city
2: needs, we can talk about what the school needs, we can talk about what our community needs, but until we get out there and assess and walk around and talk, we will never know
0: It amazes me. People have so many opinions, so many opinions to say about the schools and what should be done. Hey, have you had a meeting with the school principal? No. Have you gone to the school board meeting? I ain't got time. Have you met with the superintendent? No. Then what gives you the right to say anything
2: and have an opinion about something that you you can't even lead your life and you're talking about what they need to be doing?
0: If can't nobody say amen, superintendent can say amen with me this morning. You cannot diagnose anything before you, you have to diagnose before you start building. And church, hope oh well, if we're going to build the church to bring that centered around Christ to bring help to
2: our city, restoration to our community, and hope to our world, we have to get out there in the gutters. We have to get out there in the streets to be able to have an on-the-call move to see what's really going on and to assess what the needs are. Easy to be
0: in the meeting talking about what's needed, but have we gone and asked those that lie in ruins what they need? Yeah, right. Have we gone to the schools to say, What can we do to help? and not hide behind the religious mask? If I can't go in and talk about Jesus, I ain't going. Be quiet. We go and we say, what can we do to help you in what you're doing? can diagnose. Gotta diagnose before we start building. We gotta get out there on the ground and see how these people are lying in ruins. We gotta get out there on the ground and see from their point of view. Ministry means sometimes you have to get your hands dirty. And really see from their point of view or where they are. Nehemiah is trying to build effectively and he realizes I have I got to be able to see from their point of view. I like what Todd Bolsinger says from his book Temporal Resilience. Observation always always precedes interpretation and intervention. He says just observing watching always comes before we get involved, before we do something. If we're going to rise up and if we're going to build, we got to first observe. Sit in the midst of it. Reside in the midst of it. we're gonna rise and build we gotta realize this we're not just rebuilding ministry but we're rebuilding people I like it and I almost missed this thank you Pastor Wesley chapter 1 verse 3 they said to me things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah they the people are in great trouble and in disgrace they they The people are living in embarrassment. King James, they, the people, are living above reproach. Having great events and great programs are fine. But if we never seek to help people rebuild their lives, we've missed it. I wish I had help in here this morning. Events and programs and ministry endeavors are great. We need them. But if it does not help people in rebuilding their lives, we miss missed a God moment. We're not just trying to rebuild ministry and have a great building and have great landscaping, but we should be ended in helping people to
2: rebuild their lives. And here it is, saints of God, if we're going to help people rebuild their lives, that means we got to get in the trenches with people in the midst of the junk in their life and sit there with them and help them navigate through that stuff to see that there is hope for you in your life.
0: to help people rebuild ministry and help rebuild people that means we're going to have to build relationships with folks and build community with people come alongside of them and let them know you're not walking by yourself I may not know how you feel I may not know exactly what's going on but I will walk with you if you let me We have become so accustomed to this new age of convenient church now because I can tune in online, I can come in person, I can watch the rebroadcast when I get ready to, or about to make somebody mad, it ain't personal, but I would seek for ways to be able to still engage with church but not with people. I will look for creative ways to engage with God but forsake engaging with people. And we miss a moment where God could use your life and what he's brought you through and what he's bringing you through to be a beacon of hope for somebody else who thinks that this is the end, this is it. It can't get no better than this it takes someone who has been through marital issues to be able to come alongside somebody and you can tell that something ain't right within the marriage and you build relationship with them and you can walk with them and let them know
2: this is nothing foreign, this is nothing new we've been there, but it was the help of God that brought us through, it is something about a parent that has gone through struggling with the kid, not knowing what to do, but as another parent, you've been there you've done that, you can smell the sin of it when you see them, you can see it in their countenance and in their face and you come alongside of them to let them know there is hope for you and your child.
0: We're not just trying to rebuild ministry. but God help us to rebuild people. Why? Because people are ministry. If there's no people, then what are we doing? We're going to build Effectively, we gotta diagnose before we start working. Then secondly, we gotta build the people through encouragement. I like it. Nehemiah is so intentional. Look at verse 18, y'all. I'm almost done. Hey man, Dr. Lane, you were supposed to say, keep preaching, preacher. I, I was I was that's your that's your gate. That's your that's your opportunity. Oh, uh, you were distracted. Okay, let, let's try this again. I'm almost done, Saints. Okay, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I like what he says in verse 18 there. He says, then I told them about the gracious hand of God had been upon me and about my conversation with the king. I love it. I love it because here it is. He's having to deal with the people that have been embarrassed. He's having to deal with the people that are shamed. He's having to deal with the people that's disgraced. And Nehemiah realized, I don't have to tell them that they're living in ruins. They realize they're living in ruins. They realize that they are. Uh, that, 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 that. He realized they realize that they are above reproach. They realize all that's going on. So what Nehemiah does, he uses the tool. He uses the ministry of encouragement to be able to boost the people up to get to get to get them to have some confidence to believe that we can be able. Able to get this thing done I love it because in verse 18 he says hey the gracious hand of God has been on my life he tells the people he takes time to have an old-school testimony service and begin to tell the people about his conversation with the king can you imagine let's set the scene real quick he's sitting there amongst rock he's sitting there amongst rubble and the people are just down in their face and Nehemiah comes
2: on the scene I got to believe Elder Williams it was loud and proud he says the gracious hand of God is on my life let me tell you a story real quick friends he begins to tell them that hey I'm the cupbearer to the king and the favor of God is on my life that I sat there with the king the king I told the king what was going on about how my homeland the tomb of my fathers, is lying in the ruins and he began to tell me what do you need from me and I began to tell the king everything that I needed and the king responded with a yes thank you Holy Ghost some of us are sitting there stressed out and upset and mad and ready to give up and we've never opened up our mouths to our father and said that Father God, here's what I need. I need peace. I need joy. I need provision. We're sick. Sitting-
0: You don't serve
2: you don't give so I can't hear what you have to say about what we need to do Or what we're... I'm not going to allow uninvested jokers to have an opinion
0: about something that they're not invested in and who does that go for outside folks and inside people because there are folks that's on the inside that show up barely don't give don't serve but have an opinion oh God about what we should do build the people and here it is lastly we're going to build we're going to need resilience oh God because just as you stood before the people to remind him about the gracious hand of God in his life. Uh-huh. Look at verse 19, y'all. But when Samballot, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? To rebuild and to effectively build, saints, resilience is necessary. I like, once again, he's a bad brother, how Todd Bolsinger defines resilience. He says the ability to wisely persevere toward the mission God has put before them despite the external challenges. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Nehemiah has to make up in his mind. I'm not going to allow the opinions of uninvested people to stop me from doing the great work that God has called for us to do. You and you should not allow the opinions of uninvested people who don't know a whole lot except for what they got off of social media to tell you what your marriage should be like. He realizes resilience is necessary to continue on in the work because here it is saints of God corporately as a body and individually as individuals you and I will have to make up in our minds that we're going to keep going and fulfilling the mandate that God has on our life despite the external challenges but just because you're working for God does not mean you won't have external challenges but you will have external challenges it will get hard but our call is to persevere towards the mission why because the gracious hand of god is on our lives the gracious hand of god is upon our lives God has given us favor. I have to keep persevering and pushing towards the mission of God. Here it is. If you don't miss anything I've said, God is interested in our doing more than he is our talking. If we're going to rise and build, saints, we can talk all the day long. Sure. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The grace is not on our words. The grace is on our doing. The grace is on our actions. Our words matter to a certain extent, but he's more interested in our doing. Don't keep talking about, it's going to be the year I get out of debt, but you fall, fell for the okie-dote and then got another credit card. This is the year I'm getting out of that. Now, this is the year I'm going to lose weight. And we keep getting the six-piece fried hard saucy with a piece of <laughs> puff from Harold's. And the side of two-piece of fish fried hard. That's, I'm just telling you my orders. <laughs> I ain't going to lose. In fact, I'm walking around the church this morning. I'm done. I'm walking around the church this morning. I go past that mirror back there in the back. I saw my stomach before I saw anything else. I said, God, help me. This is ridiculous. I said, why did my stomach introduce the rest of me before I even got there? But it's not going to change. I can keep talking about it, but until I act on it. Until I get tired of it is when I'll make a change. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It took Nehemiah, somewhere from the outside, to get there on the scene with the people of Jerusalem to allow them to see, yes, you are living in ruins. You are living in disgrace. You are a living embarrassment. But you can be able to rebuild from where you are. That's a word for somebody this morning. That you think it's impossible to start all over again because of where you are. You think it's impossible to be able to move forward because everything around you is broken, that you're literally living Amongst broken pieces. But the good news this morning. Is that God can grace you. To rise up and build. Right from where you are. That the gracious hand of God.
2: Is not intimidated by rubble. It's not intimidated by the broken pieces in your life.
0: But he's the master craftsman that can help you put the pieces back together again. And not just put the pieces back together again, but he can be able to put it back better than it was before. That's the God that you and I serve. That's the God. that wants to meet you today to help you, to grace you, to rise up and to be able to build. If you're watching online and you're not saved, you're saying, Pastor, I don't know this God that you're talking about, but I'm real than tree. Today can be your day of salvation. Inbox us right there on our page and say, hey, I want to be saved. Someone from my team will reach out to you and share with you the next steps of your salvation. If you don't have a church home, I might be a little biased, but for almost 20 years, Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church has been a mighty good place to call home. I would love to be your pastor. We would love to be your church family. If you're watching online, just inbox us and say, hey, I want Hopewell to be my church. Oh, I live in California. It doesn't make a difference. Hopewell anywhere. We'll meet you right where you are. If... You have prayer. Email our prayer team and prayer team at hopewellmb.org. They're ready, ready, ready to pray with you. However you desire: phone, Zoom, email, text, Facetime it doesn't make a difference because we believe in the power of prayer.